1 to 10. Okay, we're good? Let's read. I therefore, a prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to the one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore it says, When he ascended on high, he led a host of captives, and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean but what he had also descended into the lower regions of the earth? He who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens, that he might fill all things. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this morning. We thank you for the gifts and the callings that are represented in this chapel. And even around Bancroft and the surrounding areas this morning, your children are gathering together, even around Canada, they're gathering together to worship you, to meet with you, Father, this morning. And so, Father, we pray for your word to go out into the highways and byways of Canada this morning. We pray for our family around the world today, Father God, as we seek to hear from you this morning. We pray for your spirit, which is more than able to speak to each one of us where we are. And so, Father, we just want to thank you for the gift of Christ and for the Holy Spirit. And, Father God, that you may receive the glory and that your kingdom, Father God, would just be ever before us. So, Father, through your word this morning, I pray that you would give each one what is needed this morning. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A couple of weeks back, two weeks ago, I was away. I was at a, uh, Shannon and I were sent to a, a Congress on Revival. You know, it's also, you know, with COVID, we haven't been to many conferences. I attended one last year with Alistair Begg just speaking on, on preaching and just sharpening your sword and your tools for the trade. And, but attending a Congress on Revival, it was in Niagara, was really beautiful, um, but just sometimes when you spend some time just re-evaluating what revival is and what revival looks like, our call to holiness and a place that you and I can just seek to just enter into the deeper things of God because we're living in a world, family, that desperately needs God. I was thinking this morning, as society has gone on through the decades and less and less people Go to church. You know, once upon a time, I'm sure pretty much in South Africa, and I think pretty much in the United States, I'm not sure if it happened here too, but maybe in the morning you would have said the Lord's Prayer before school, would you not? 
Maybe the Ten Commandments were somewhere in the school building. And everybody that attended that school would have an opportunity to say that prayer and read those Ten Commandments. Do you know what happens when everybody reads those Ten Commandments and says the Lord's Prayer? Is that the country comes into unison about ten core tenets around the faith. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. It indwells us. You shall love your neighbor. You shall not steal. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not covet these things. And we're a society. We come into agreement and everybody agrees on these things. And the West has been blessed by our commitment to the things of God. But as the things of God have been slowly taken away out of the public places, so too have people's understanding of what it means to be in unison, to be a, oh Canada, we stand on God for thee. It's a we, we stand on God for thee. And so the world has become less and less engaged with a common goal, a common understanding of who and where God is. And so we suddenly got a generation of young children who don't even know who David and Goliath is. We're living in interesting times. And so it is this morning, and I've put a picture up of Zimbabwe, the Victoria Falls, because I went to Niagara Falls. But many of you probably will never have an opportunity of going to Victoria Falls. Just as spectacular, just as beautiful, because God's creation is beautiful. And we don't know what we don't know. And so it is even with people. You know, just stopping here this morning, I had to stop and fill up with fuel, you know. On a Sunday morning, you think, Pastor, you would have filled up your fuel on a, on a Saturday, right? And I didn't. I was like, really tutting against myself, really, Martin? You need to get your act together a bit more. But anyway, but I stopped and a gentleman was helping fill the car with fuel. And just to speak to the gentleman, just for a short period, a young, young gentleman, and used to say, there's no, they, the things of God they know very little about. And in those moments, just taking that opportunity to just touch the life of somebody else, bring kindness, a gentle word, just a gentle reaching out. And this is what I think Paul so often wants to teach us. He wants to teach us that we need to hold the hand of Jesus at all time. You know, just wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, here am I. Let me hold your hand today. Let me plug into you this morning. Let me keep you at the front and center of all things. Lord, show me how to serve your, your children, our family. In English, we have a, that saying, blood is thicker than water. We've heard that statement. But you know, when you, when you betroth to Jesus, when you take Jesus as your Lord and Savior, Jesus' blood is now coursing through your being. And so every one of you this morning has taken Jesus as your Lord and Savior and said, Jesus, I am yours. And you make that covenant. The blood of Christ courses through your being. And if the blood of Jesus is coursing through your veins and through your being and mine, then we are family. And we are family for eternity. And when I walk down the road, God says, Martin, look at my child that's lost. They need revival. 
The land needs revival. Humanity needs revival. But 2,000 years ago, it was no different. You know, just the time of Rome. The people there were as lost, worshipping gods that were non-existence. Worshipping Caesars that were gods to themselves. And God sends his people into the highways and the byways. You know, what a precious thing it is to be able to enter into the house of the Lord. You know, just singing and worshipping together. And so when, you, when you're thinking of Ephesians, you think of Paul just saying, okay, here's, here's the instructions for life, how to do Christianity, how to do your spiritual disciplines and your spiritual walk. Just this last week, yesterday I had to, or last week, Shannon went and bought some hooks that I needed to hang on a wall from Ikea. Very nice deep hooks. But I think they were designed for a European house. So it's this long, and you can get the stud on one side, but you cannot get the stud on the other, other side. And you're thinking, who designed this? It doesn't work. So I was quite frustrated. Because you know, it was a fancy design. And so I spent some time looking at the instructions. I got it all together, but I had it on the wall. I hung on the first coat, so the one side just, you know what happens with the drywall, right? It just droops out, even with anchors. No, 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 it's... Coats can get heavy when there's four or five in there. And you realize, if you don't understand what the product was built for, you lack understanding of how to install it. And so you have to go out and get a new design. And so I was thinking, often you and I, we have got good intentions, we go about our life. But if we don't spend time in God's word... The instructions for living life. You're doing yourself a disservice. So this morning I just want to say, engage with the word more often. You know, just, just recently Kevin's got us all hooked on the, the one of these uh, daily devotionals. And it's really a lot of fun, really easy to do. And rather, it just helps you be engaged with the word all the time. And the word family, I wonder why I want to encourage you, make the word fun in your life don't make it a drudgery don't read it if you're not in the mood but just spend some time in the word and make it fun make it enjoyable when you fill yourself with the word it fills you with hope joy peace it gives all these things and you walk away from that reading or spending time with the lord just strengthened I've tested this in myself. I can go and spend some time on YouTube or watching something totally obscure, but I walk away, wake, walk away from that feeling empty. And I'm not saying you should watch something on historical or architectural. Enjoy that too. But the thing is, that which you spend the most time on is the thing that influences you the most. So instructions for living. And this Paul is saying, therefore... A prisoner for the Lord. You know, I, I sometimes think at, at, at weddings, men say, okay, you've got your ball and chain now, right? <laughs> no, you like. I'm a prisoner for the Lord. What a privilege it is, first of all, to be a prisoner for the Lord. But you've never been in a prison, have you? Anybody here been in a prison? Exciting, is it? Those big bars, stuck on the wrong side. Wow, spending some time with a prisoner or two. Very exciting stuff. 
But you're doing this for the Lord. It's interesting in the Bible how many men of God and women of God are, are prisoners for God in a real prison and they're bringing salvation to the people. They're very captives. You know, the people are holding them captive. They bring salvation to the house of the gods. So Paul is saying he's a prisoner for God. He knows where he is. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called. The gospel, the good news about the kingdom of God which is at hand. With all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing one another in love. Fruits of the Spirit, aren't they? Eager to maintain the unity of spirit in the bond of peace. Now for those of you who have been listening to my sermons for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that whenever I see that word peace, I'm sort of highlighting it. Whenever I see the word one, I say one. What does to be at one with something means? To be at one with God means to be at peace. That fruit of the Spirit, love is the greatest gift. But to have the peace of God, family, to be at one with God, that's a whole other story. To be at one, bearing one another in love. When you're, in, when you're in love with your family, when you love your family, and this is what I've learned about family, family is going to let you down. Right? Because family is quite quirky, to say the least. They are going to steal your clothes. Um, Victoria runs out the door, and she decides my winter jacket is cozier for some reason. So she can put on mine, but I can't put on hers. So you know how these things go in family? Like, Do you have to take me? But I want to be close to you. <laughs> huh? Yes, yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And there we go. Family. What a precious thing. What a precious thing it is to have our, even this graphite chapel family. What a precious family we have here. You know, everyone's precious. The unity of spirit. Family, the unity of spirit is such a... A precious thing. You don't know what you have until you lose it. The calling to the gospel, the invitation to an allegiance to God. Steve Harvey says this, your career is what you're paid for, your calling is what you're made for. Right? I, believe, I think he's a Christian. Your calling is what you are made for. Do you know you're made to serve God? You were created in his image. He wanted you. He wanted that family. He wanted you to love him with every fiber of your being. Just as I enjoy my daughter loving me enough to want to take my coat. When last did you take your father's cloak? Your heavenly father's cloak. Lord, I want to put your prayer shawl on. When you go to Israel, you'll see these men walking around with these, these shawls that they put over there. That is called a prayer closet. So they go up to the wall, the prayer closet, they put this cloth over the head. And so they are hidden from the world, so it's just them and God. So the Bible says, draw your way into your prayer closet. That's exactly what that is. So that you, you shroud yourself with God's clothing and you come into... God's presence. Because when we come out of God's presence, these are the things that God is gifting you every moment of the day. Humility. 
boy, I need humility. It's just something, keep me humble. You know, the greatest mistakes in my life have come from when I wasn't humble. I couldn't see trouble coming my way. But when you're humble and somebody can, and a brother or sister in Christ can say, hey, Martin, don't go down that line. Don't go this way. If you're humble and you're ready to hear your brothers and sisters warning you against mistakes, what a precious gift it is. I'm often saying, I'm getting too old to make mistakes now. Because it, it takes longer to recover from bad mistakes. You know, when you're young, you can do those cartwheels and those backflips. But one bad backflip could ruin a lot of things. So we need wisdom Gentleness, you know. Anybody here in need a bit of gentle, needing a bit of gentleness this morning? Huh? Some of you might need something a bit more firmer. I understand that, but some of us are just needing some gentleness. Anybody, any parents here, their children? You need some patience for your children. Do you think God needs patience for us human beings? Oh Lord, that you're mindful of me. I, I lose patience with myself. No one irritates me more than me. Love. But I need to be patient with myself. Just as I don't always love myself, but I've got to I learn to love myself because if I learn to love myself, I know how to love my wife. I know how to love my children. I know how to love, love my Timothy. When you have a special needs child for the first time, it's a real complication to work your emotions out towards something that is more complicated. The unity of spirit. Think about your family. When you gather around that dinner table, and I will encourage every single family here to sit around a dinner table and share a meal together. Switch off the TV, switch off the devices. Spend time in unity around that dinner table. If mom or dad cooked the meal, thank them, give praise to them. Spend time together. Because one day, when all is said and done, and you're on your deathbed, it won't be that I wish I'd watched an extra TV program of Friends or whatever it is you watch. You're going to want your family there. But the only way you practice family is around a dinner table. And invite a friend or two. That works wonders too. Fellowship and hospitality. It gives you the bonds of being together in peace. Peace being to be at one with. When we're having a meal together, that's why this 9 o'clock, when we come together at 9 o'clock, it's an agape feast. It's a feast of love where we come together around the Lord's table and we break bread together and have a meal. Anybody here doesn't like a potluck? <laughs> no. It's, a, it's an agape meal. The, even the men's uh, uh, you know, potluck was just such a great thing of, to get the men in the area to get together. It is not complicated, these things. Outreach needs to be fun and easy. If it's drudgery or drudgery, then we're doing it wrong. So if verses 4 to 6, it says, there is one. Do you see something happening here? There is one body, one spirit, as you were called, and the one hope that belongs to your call. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, through all, and in all. Do you think one's a bit of a, a theme here? Just, you know, this is why the word family is fun. 
If you just delve a little bit, it's like going digging for diamonds or gold, silver and gold. It's amazing what God will tell you. And so when I'm understanding that, I understand that with Shannon, I, I can practice the presence of being one with her, going for walks, talking, spending time, taking my daughters on dates. Victoria, she wants me, to, everybody else is gone, they had to go to a birthday party today, but Victoria's busy working, and I said, we'll go shopping together. Now, family, if you know me, shopping's not my thing. <laughs> really, it's not. It's like, Shannon calls me a handbrake. <laughs> so I said, okay, when we get home this afternoon, I will take you shopping. It's just, you know what people crave? Time. Your heavenly Father craves time with you. So do it. Make it fun. Make it enjoyable. I don't, it doesn't matter. You could do it. Take God with you. You baking? Do it with God. It's the easiest thing in the world. Make it fun. If you're filled with the joy of the Lord, your neighbor will look, you've got joy, you've got hope, you've got all these things. You know what? I could do with a bit of that too. I need what you've got. Can I introduce you to my Jesus? The precious gift of his blood. And when you surrender your life, do you know how big your family is? You can go to Russia today and you can go into a Christian church and you will have family there. You can go to South Africa. You can go to Kenya. You can go to Egypt. You can go to Saudi Arabia. And if you walked into a Christian home, there you have family. Do you know what the gift that is? That's why I love to travel. You meet all, like, you met Jeremy yesterday, last week? Do you think Jeremy's fun? Do ministry with Jeremy, it's even more fun. Look for missional people. It's the, it's the best thing in the world. Just make friends with God's children and see what they're up to and you are encouraged by what God is doing through the lives of others. Always. I've never been bored by what God is doing in other people's lives. Last summer, What's happening here at Graphite and Joy? It's exciting everywhere. Go and taste it. Participate. Hey, what do you want me to do? I'll make grilled cheese sandwiches. doesn't matter. Whatever it takes, just be involved. Get yourself involved. I read this, David Wolp. Um, he's a rabbi in, in the United States. He's very popular, very well known. He said this, Unlike Christianity, which is a belief-based system, Believe in Jesus and you are Christian. Judaism is familial. You are born Jewish. Like any family, you can join through conversion, but you are expected to feel like family. You are implicated in the fate of all Jews. I wouldn't mind having a conversation with him. But what I find interesting, if outside Rabbis are saying what the Christian church is lacking is a sense of family, then we've got to start taking that a little bit more seriously. We're really good at divides, aren't we? Once upon a time, we were the Romans and the Orthodox Christians, and that was a split, then the Protestants and the Catholic splits, and then, you know, once upon a time, brethren were the Plymouth Brethren. You know what a wonderful time that must have been part of being part of the brethren? But we split, you know how many splits we've had in the brethren movements? Hundreds. God hates divorce. He hates anything that separates people. And we're good at it. And yet what I would say to you is this. Rabbi, 
Do you know? When Jesus died on the cross, he grafted us in to the tribe of Israel. You and I are part of the tribes of Israel. One day in the book of Revelations, when we enter into those gates, there's 12 gates going into heaven. One for each of the tribes of Israel. Whatever gate you go through, you're part of that tribe. I would just want to go. What gate I go through? Hey, amen. Welcome, my good and faithful servant. But you and I are grafted in. Jesus, I would say to Rabbi David, Jesus is my rabbi. He's my rabbi. You know, Paul says he's the teacher. He's our high priest. But I do know this. His blood paid for it all. And his blood is in all and through all. And by his word things are created. We We are united in Christ. Not because we just believe. Belief. Maybe it's part of it. But I live it. I hold his hand every day of the life. And as you're holding his hand, we do this life together as a family. So in Deuteronomy 6, 3 to 5, it says, Hear, O Israel, be careful to do... Uh, sorry, let me say that. Hear, therefore, O Israel, and be careful to do them, that it may go well with you, that you may multiply greatly as the Lord and the God of your fathers has promised you in a land flowing with milk and honey. Hear, O Israel, your Lord, our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. And you see that in, in Mark chapter 12 when they asked Jesus, Jesus answered, the most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. Do you think Jesus is emphasizing loving his father? Emphasis enough for you? The second is this. That you shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no greater commandment greater than these. So love God, love others, done. Not complicated really. But you know what? If I choose to be irritated with Shannon today and I refuse to love her today, am I doing myself any favors? She's allowed a bad day. I've got to give her permission. Just as I'm going to have a bad day. And when somebody's having a bad day, we need to cover them in prayer. Just love. You'll work through it all. But God. And so Paul, Paul is also continuing. He says, but grace was given to each one of us according to the measure of Christ's gifts. Therefore it says, when he ascended on high, he led a host of captives and he gave gifts to men. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But he also descended into the lower regions of the earth. He who descended is the one who has also ascended far above all the heavens and that he might fulfill all things. It sounds complicated at first. But then he's just, they're speaking about Psalms 68 where it says, You ascend on high, leading a host of captives in your train and receiving gifts among men, even among the rebellious, that the Lord God may dwell there. Once again, to the rabbis they would say, it speaks of Moses going out Mount Sinai, coming down with his gifts. The Torah, the law, was a gift. The Ten Commandments, family, are a gift. Once upon a time, we in the West loved that gift. We put it in our schools, we put it everywhere, and it became part of us, and it cemented us as a family together. And what happens, the word has been taken out of everything, and the Canada is no longer a family. We don't have a common belief in anything. 
It's no different than the United States or the UK or France. Anywhere in the West, that which once held us together. And people would say Christianity is a bad thing and religion is a bad thing and they do all these things. But what have they replaced it with? A covenant with yourself? How's that going for everybody? There's depression. There's animosity going around. Politics looking good. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Do our politicians sound wonderful? Filled with love and compassion? Wow. And yet Jesus in his resurrection goes up to heaven and what does he send our way? He sends his own spirit, the Holy Spirit, to come and dwell amongst his people. Our gift of betrothal. I will never leave you nor forsake you. So do you know, family, you've got the Torah living in you. Jesus is the word. The Torah is your gift. He's living with you. And he's given his Holy Spirit to indwell you. What a gift. You and I have been summoned, called to follow Jesus. Every moment, every decision, every word and action are complete loyalty. Taking precedence over everything else. And you can test this if you like. If you want to go and spend time doing something else, if hockey is more important than spending time with God, go and test how that goes. See. God says, but taste and see that I'm good. Choose. Choose whom you'll serve. And so it comes back to being at one. Be at one with, I love my family. I love my Christian family. I love my non-Christian family too. Do you know that? They just haven't met Jesus yet. They haven't tasted God. And so I pray that as God sends me and you into their lives this week, that you will just be able to bring life, joy, hope. Bring these things with you. Because these things are the things that you've already been given through the indwelling of Christ. Take him with you. Say, Lord, take me with you. Help me to be a blessing to the world around me. See, the divine mystery speaks of marriage. The bonds of Pete and we celebrate our unity. And I couldn't think of anything about when you look at a chain link fence, you and I are those chain links. We're just holding hands, loving Jesus. And as we, if we just hold hands together, you know what? What a great fishnet that will make. We'll be fishers of men. If, you, if you're stuck and you need me to pick somebody up or you need me to pray for somebody that's in your family, amen. All it is is a text message or a phone call. Martin, I've got a family member that needs praying for. Can we do this? Can we do that? Outreach is wonderful. It's easy. And even this year, we're thinking of getting the, the pig roast going again. We don't know what that's looked like, but there's a good few people here that are interested in doing it. Then do it. Let's invite the community. I know people from the trailer park at Joy are asking, you guys need to get that going again. So let's just do it. Doesn't mean we always have to do what, exactly what we did in the past. Time for renewal. We can do something brand new. Time to dream a little. But we are, above all, family of God. That's why we're here this morning. And I'm privileged enough just to be able to be here, even standing up front. Shannon says I only work 30 minutes on a Sunday. Anyway, there's the pastors here, they work for 30 minutes. So he says, but then if you weren't here preaching on a Sunday and you weren't the pastor, would you still go to church? And I said, yes. Well, then you aren't really working anyway. Right? 
But no, what a privilege it is to serve God. What a privilege it is that each one of you love Jesus. And I appreciate each one of you. Hold on to Jesus. One, he's got a call in your life. The indwelling of his spirit. All the fruits of the spirit are available to you. The Holy Spirit inside of me is the same Holy Spirit inside of you. Go out into the world and make disciples. Bring the family home. Bring the family home. Let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for my Christian family that's here this morning, that's listening online. Father God, help us all, Father God, just to hold on to you with every fiber of our being. May your Holy Spirit be the glue that binds us together. And yet, Father God, we know that we are not perfect. And so, Father God, even in our sin, we can come to you and and say, Father God, we acknowledge our sin. We lay it at the feet of Jesus. And we say, Lord, help us to change, to be more like Jesus. May your Spirit give us unction to have change in our lives. And Father God, for a few of us that are needing miracles for certain strongholds in our life, Father God, I pray that you would hear our cries, that you would release us from the bonds of captivity this morning, that we would just hold on to you, that you would bring revival to Bancroft, that you would bring revival to Canada, to the world. Father God, that may people call on your name and be saved. Father God, throughout the earth, Father God, thank you for the gift of life. Thank you for the gift of family. Father God, thank you that we can love you as you love us through the indwelling of your spirit. Father God, give us that gift that we can love and be at unity with one another like never before. And Father God, the things that would separate us, Father God, give us all a spiritual discernment to to actively pray against that, that we may be a church filled with unity. And Father God, your universal church. We pray and ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. Is there worship? Is the worship team coming up again? Stand up and tell him. You think it? Not yeah. <laughs> Amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine towards you and give you peace. Have a wonderful week and have 